and welcome to Fats on Film. I am your host Hannah Ogilvy, and this is the podcast where we talk about all things fat and body representation in film and TV and wider media. And today I am joined by Egraine Hackett Cantabrana, who is a contributor to Ghouls Magazine, Moving Moving Pictures Film Club, and host of Water Screen Podcast. Hello, Egraine. Hi. Hey. Hey. <laughs> How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, I am not bad, thank you. I'm I'm loving these longer days. Mm-hmm. The fact that it's still sunny outside is really filling my soul. I don't know. I'm a dark little nocturnal creature, so I'm <gasps> are like, you? I like it when it's dark. <laughs> oh my god, we yeah. are complete opposites. I am. <laughs> I'm a sun baby. I need the sun. I just had no. came back from a weekend in Copenhagen. Have you been? I have, yeah, yeah. I have. What did you think? Um, it was the depths of winter and my kid, my son was like four months old. So <gasps> oh, wow. we probably should have waited till he was a bit older, but sure, look, listen. <laughs> oh, well done you though. You like, that is effort that you put into that. <laughs> I was like, we will not stop traveling just because of this child. No, I, um, <laughs> I, I, I applaud you for that. I, I the, the smallest hiccup and I'm like, am I, do I really want to do this? I just want to go back home and chill. No, we loved it. And we were like, oh, can we move? What do we move? And we were watching all these YouTube videos when we got home. And one of the things they said was like the winters are like long and dark. Mm. And I I don't know if I can I can't do worse than here. So I think we (laughs) might have to not do that. Unless, of course, um, I create some kind of bougie lifestyle where I could do like summers in Copenhagen and winters in like California or something. But that is a long way off. So yeah. No, I I need my winter. I'm a very winter person. I hate the sun. I get really angry in the sun. (gasps) Like you probably like whenever I'm in London during the summer, I'm always quite angry because even though I love London, it's so Mm -hmm. hot in the city. No, it (laughs) just yeah, yeah, it's so (laughs) hot there. No, that's fair. I think I think a lot of people get angry when it's that hot in London. It's too much. It's too ugh and sticky and gross. (laughs) Anyway, those are our thoughts on on the seasons. (laughs) In case anyone was interested. Uh, but we are here to talk about Piggy. This is a 2002 uh, Spanish horror, so it's a Cerdita. Ther- yeah, Cerdita in Spanish. Hello, it's Hannah from Editing. Straight away, I'm having to check myself. So I said this is a 2002 film. It's actually a 2022 film, just to avoid any confusion. I'm sorry about that. Slip of the tongue. All right, bye. Um, It's based on a 2019 short film of the same name, written and directed by Carlota Pareda. I hope I'm saying that name correctly. Uh, Cast led by... I want to say it's Laura Gallen, but it could be Laura Gallen, uh, Richard Holmes, uh, Carmen Mahi. World premiered at Sundance last year and had its UK premiere at Fright Fest in August of last year. And it made, I mean, I want to say, I always say this, like how much it made at the box office. So it made $409,000. But with these festival films, you really can gauge a film mm-hmm. success on its box office because it's not going down the same route as your blockbusters. Mm-hmm. So take that with a pinch of salt. Um, so I'm going to hand over to you, Grain. Could you please give us a synopsis of Piggy? So it centers around Sarah, who is uh, bullied by her peers and especially Claudia, who used to be like her old best friend. And one day they attack her in the local outdoor swimming pool and it is there 
from these events that she discovers there is a serial killer in town and is killing her bullies or has kidnapped her bullies and possibly has killed them. Um, And so it kind of centers around Sara and her experience as a fat young woman um, and how she's kind of grappling with these moral codes that are kind of being thrown at her from this weird experience she finds herself in. I think this film is grappling with a lot of different things because I think this is a good film about a lot of grey. Mm-hmm. There is there's no clear like good or bad. And I just want to know initially, is this the first time you'd seen it was for this podcast or had you seen it previously? So this was the first time I saw it when I was watching right. it for this podcast. Mm-hmm. But especially after Fright Fest, there was such a buzz about it. Mm-hmm. And it really especially, was. I don't know whether you want to touch on this, but especially reactions mm-hmm. at Fright Fest. Yes. Um, and so because of the themes in it, I was really interested. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, it definitely been on my watch list since Fright Fest of last year. Mm-hmm. So this was the first time I watched it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I was the exact same. I, I think I knew of it. I think I've always, as soon as I hear like a good Spanish horror is coming out, my ears go, oh, is there? <laughs> let, let me tune into that. And I obviously heard what happened at Fright Fest. Okay, for those who don't know, there was um, a shitty Q&A that happened at Fright Fest <laughs> um, <laughs> to do with this film. I wasn't there. I've heard it probably second, third, fourth hand by this point, but I do remember my Twitter feed being about um, this Q&A and I, just some, um, I guess, tone-deaf and fat-phobic questions, which, yeah. I mean, did you not see the film? <laughs> like, right? I mean, uh, talk about just being, like, over your head. Yeah. Like. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'm like, oh lord, like there's no help if you if you could if you walked out of that. Since then, I was like, oh well, I really want to see this film and see 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 what's going on about it. I I actually was really lucky. There's a, a chain of cinemas. I don't know if you've got them over in Ireland, but there's called the Light Cinemas, and there's I know there's definitely one in Sheffield, and I know there's one in Manchester Stockport area, but I'm not sure where there are other ones. But these are just you know show your blockbusters but they can also show like these independent films and they showed piggy one night and i went to go see it and i was very pleased to see that it was a full cinema to go Mm. see to go see this film and um i just i i often go to cinema on my own i I, it's like my way of self-care and self-love is to go to the cinema and see whatever i want you know Mm. and i was sat there and i was moved to tears with this film it really hit me in a way I guess I kind of was expecting, but mm. I think there are some parts of it which are just so nuanced. And I think uh, Laura Gallen's performance is just tremendous in this. She does this thing. I don't know if you if you picked up on it where she like, you know, when you, you want to cry and scream at the same time yeah. and you get that tightness in your yeah. throat. Oh my god, she sells the shit out of that. She does yeah. it quite. She does it. I can remember two times she does it in the film, which is at the at the pool when she shouts at her mum, and again, um, when I think it's when she shouts at her mum again in in the house. And I was like, oh, how I don't know. She must have had a sore throat afterwards. I feel like I've got a sore throat just talking about it, you know. And I just think that that nuance was so well portrayed. And so, I, what were your initial thoughts watching? piggy like how did it resonate with you as a whole for me i i liked this moral ambiguity that Mm. it kind of portrayed which i'm sure we'll get into um i can be quite a black and white person at times it's just Mm. how i receive things but this 
it really had me questioning like are my morals right <laughs> like mm. you know mm-hmm. um and another thing that really got me was this mother-daughter relationship yes. which is something I'm really interested in coming from um quite an abusive toxic mother myself and so to see this kind of reflection especially when you know Sara's mother is fat as well Mm -hmm. and we kind of see this not so much like outwardly self-loathing but there's definitely self-loathing there for her to turn around and rather than support her daughter who she knows is being bullied goes well here's some salad like you're gonna lose weight oh yeah and like oh yeah the trigger that put on me Mm-hmm. like my own mother being quite abusive when it came to my weight mm. it was just such a trigger and the way you were talking about Sarah's reaction like the lump in her throat for me it was even just like the looks on her face that she'd give her mother that when you knew that she wanted to say something mm-hmm. and she couldn't but then those like lump in the throat moments were where she just exploded mm-hmm. and you know as someone who has that parental figure or had that parental figure like I could just completely like relate to that and having those moments where you're like I am going to kill you if you do not shut up Mm -hmm. like so Mm -hmm. yeah it just it really spoke to me on a lot of levels yeah a hundred percent and and I want to go into that in a much more detail as we go on but I guess the first thing we should talk about is Sarah played Mm -hmm. by Laura Gallen what what do you think of her we talk about this great morality and she is who we're following. We like mm. as an audience, you're meant to be a hundred percent on her side. Do you think the film does a, a good does a good job of making you be on her side? Absolutely, yeah. I mm. kind of feel like she is representative of us mm-hmm. because she goes through that moral gray area as well. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, do you do spoilers? You wanna do spoilers? Oh yeah, oh yeah, you know what? Okay, good, good. hundred percent. Spoilers for Piggy throughout because you okay. have to for yeah. this. Because again, I don't know if you knew what you were expecting when you walked into this <laughs> film, but I wasn't. And yeah. so, like ten minutes in, this became a film I was not expecting. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So go on, spoil away. So when we learn that this killer is um, basically killing people and kidnapping her bullies because he's kind of either he's fallen in love with her or he kind of sees himself in her because Mm. he as well is fat. And when uh, Sarah sees her ex-friend Claudia being kidnapped, she doesn't do anything. Yeah. She's just like, bye, bitch. Mm -hmm. Um, And even when she's showering later, she just goes, fuck them. Like, fuck them. Mm -hmm. But she grapples with her own morality and the guilt she's carrying because of that because Mm -hmm. everyone's like, all these girls have gone missing these people are murdered what do I do and she's the one that's carrying literally that weight on her shoulders yes yes um and so she has to decide whether she has is gonna you know allow this person to carry on killing and torturing Mm -hmm. and kidnapping or whether she is gonna stand up and do the right thing in inverted commas. And I feel like that's the same journey that we go on as the audience. Cause there was times I was like, just fuck them, fuck them. They deserve it. Like they're terrible people. They fucking deserve it. But I, at the same time, yeah. you're like, I don't condone this man kidnapping and torturing women. Like, Honestly, I that is a hundred percent the issue, right? I wrote down in my notes, which I, when I watched it earlier, where is it? I, I said, I can't with these cunts. I <laughs> cannot stand the mean girls. Yeah. And, oh, God, some of the things they say to poor Sarah just, I mean, 
as a fat kid growing up yeah. I'm like oh god like it really was reliving some nasty yeah. things right and so it is interesting so Sarah as a character so she's the um the eldest daughter of this family who um own a butcher shop it's somewhere in Spain isn't it um yeah like uh, inland Spain and she clearly is an outsider she's clearly not uh, got any friends anymore and you touched on that so we we understand really quickly that Clow who is now part of this mean girls group is a former best friend because they have these BFF bracelets and I think it's really interesting that Clow still wears hers mm. And I'm like, oh, the, the, I mean, Clow, again, is quite an interesting character. I hate her, but she's interesting. And so she's part of this, like, mean girl group. And they call her, they call the family the three little piggies. And they take pictures of them and put them on Instagram or whatever social media equivalent. And Sarah just wants to sit and study. She wants to keep herself to herself. She eats her hair out of anxiety. And and she gives a... um a few indications that she emotionally eats which i can understand mm. <laughs> like if food is your only constant you're gonna rely on it she yeah. can't rely on her family she can't rely on her friends she can rely on food makes perfect sense to me mm. and then yeah so she then um goes to the local pool like you mentioned um to uh, importantly during siesta time so she doesn't mm. have to deal with anyone looking at her and she gets there and this this random man and the and the film calls the man well he's he's in the credits as desconocido which is the unknown mm. so we don't we don't know much about him apart from what you say he is fat and that's really important to this plot and uh, the the nasty girls are horrible to her they try and drown her don't they and and Clive films it and I'm like oh you're just a nasty nasty little girl but then yeah the film switches and we see that this 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 unknown man has defended Sarah to a certain point, right? And um, has taken these girls. I don't think Sarah realizes at that point that that's what he's doing. Mm-hmm. I think that becomes clear later on. But we know, as we're kind of talking about it now, he's doing it to defend her. And then she goes back to you know working in the shop, and everyone like even like um, when she goes into the local shop and she gets like a like a biscuit someone comments on it yeah. to say like on your head be it like she is just judged by everyone her family yeah. friends just random villagers yeah. like random abuelas old women in the, in the street are <laughs> judging her yeah and you're just like i don't blame her for like maybe not coming forward yeah with, with, with this information and i think she oh yeah then there's, there's that horrible um moment with those nasty boys in the car mm, that was really horrible for me like that really upset me yeah mm. i think um being fat is this interest especially a fat woman i should mm. say it's a really interesting dynamic because on one hand you're this woman who um some people believe should be inherently sexualized and sexual and should be to a certain populations um gratification mm-hmm. but then you have you're fat so that means you're not sexually attractive it means that you know you're you're less than you're morally bad so these boys in this car really showcase that where they're calling her really horrible names but at the same time, grabbing at her, mm. trying to take off her bikini, lifting her up, trying to like take control of her body. And I think 
in a way that really showcases this weird again back to gray area mm. that a fat woman especially a fat young girl because I don't know if it ever says explicitly how old she is but I would have thought she's yeah. like 16 ish yeah right? yeah and I think you know these these are older boys grabbing at her sexualizing her while also like um calling her horrible names like they, it's interesting um when I was reading it the the subtitles one boy says um gross while the mm. other one says cute little piggy yeah and it's just such a like juxtaposition of I mean I, I mean I guess like cute little piggy is nasty but it, it using the word cute and little is like could mm. be could be construed as like nicer and mm. then it's instantly like followed up by the gross. It's this is constant like hypocritical place she's coming from. And we see as well, Sarah really lusts after um just not even after the 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 boy of the mean girl group, but I think it's more like she just lusts after that kind of attention mm. and that yeah. inclusion. And I wondered like, how did you feel about how Sarah how Sarah's body is portrayed in this film, because Carlotta, the director, how does she, how do you feel like she shows her body? Because I don't think she shies away at all. No, I actually love that about this film that they don't put her in like massive, like a line kind of <laughs> flowing, you know, like oh my god, yeah, typically kind of clothes that you'd expect to see on a fat body in a film. They put her in a bikini, um, shorts best tops um and it's it's proudly displaying like this is a body not even proudly because that's like but just being like this is a body that exists that you know needs to wear a bikini to swim needs to wear shorts in the hot weather like it's not it shouldn't be a statement but it is mm-hmm. um because of obviously the world we live in but like this is literally just a body that is existing in its environment mm-hmm. and the way she then juxtaposes that against other people's reactions of her, mm-hmm. like you said, the the group of the group of boys. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's almost like she's given a sort of control by the filmmaker of this body, but then she's also portraying how these boys not only want to take away her control mm-hmm. of her body, but also of her like mentality and her emotional state by basically sexually assaulting her. Yeah. Um, and it just feels like it's all about control. Like they're trying mm-hmm. to, yeah, it's basically, they're trying to take away this control from mm-hmm. Sarah over her own body, which I guess society does day in, day out for fat bodies. Mm-hmm. Is that they're saying, you know, fat bodies shouldn't be in control of their own body. Mm. Absolutely. She is judged purely for existing. Mm. And, and I 100% agree with your statement. The fact that she is dressing appropriate for the weather she's in, I was like, oh my God, yes, you wear shorts. Yes, you wear vest tops. Get your arms out. You Mm. will be hot. And then, you know, the fact that they choose to put her in a bikini Mm. at the pool scene. Oh my God. Like as much as it leads to like a really nasty scene, I, (laughs) I, 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 fucking loved it yeah. i mean i wish i could have i could go back to like 16 year old me and be like oh yeah you're allowed to wear a bikini yeah same you know? yeah because i was always told no no hide that belly you know yeah. i remember sorry i'm going personal now but i remember <laughs> like so i grew up in spain so we did a lot of beach parties uh very privileged i know 
And I remember I was wearing, I would always wear a swimming costume or a tankini. Mm. Um, so covering, so always covering my belly and 15, 16 years old, I would have had terrible posture. And yeah. we sat on the beach and I must've just been like, sh- you know, hunched over like this. <laughs> there, there was a group of us. And I was always the bigger, the biggest one in mm. the group, always, always. And I remember this girl just going, you should sit with your back straight. It will make you look thinner. I was just like, oh my God's sake. Yeah. Like as if, as if that would help in any way. <laughs> you know what mm, I mean? Yeah. Like going from this to this, is it going to shed pounds? <laughs> but <laughs> I was, yeah, 15 or 16 years old and it hurt me so much. Yeah. And I think like, I and because I was around in that environment, I would never have worn anything that would have shown my bare skin in yeah. that way and so seeing Sarah wear a bikini and um, one of the girls makes a comment about how like her body's swallowing up the material or something like that I'm like oh you know she's just wearing an appropriate outfit yeah to go swimming and I you know I also love how even though she plans the day around the pool so she's gonna go specifically when she knows no one's gonna be there mm-hmm. she's still gonna give herself the enjoyment of being in the pool yeah and getting that respite from from the heat and I really appreciate that because even she doesn't even tell her mum she's going we find out later she sneaks out to go do this and I guess I wonder like what do you think we 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 know that her mum not necessarily disproves of the pool but do you think her mum would have a comment about what she's wearing at the pool definitely Um, yeah and I think I think growing up with some, like with with a, you know a narcissistic toxic mother I know exactly like if I put a bikini if I put a short skirt on my mother would be like take that off that looks disgusting on you mm. and and you know what as horrible as that is we can chalk it down to them experiencing fat phobia and oh, yeah. also um this diet culture mm-hmm. you know I think that generation were of the generation where it was like cabbage soup diet and uh-huh, you know, like yes. all this kind of crap. So that was embedded in them. So mm-hmm. yeah, I definitely think because her mother is of a certain generation, she would turn around and be like, where are you going looking like that? Like cover mm-hmm. up, put on this like skirt swimsuit or, you know, like <laughs> yes. or something. Um, yes. And I think, yeah, it's definitely, I mean, fat phobia and body kind of troubles and, this kind of diet culture has really ingrained itself into mm-hmm. where it is almost an intergenerational trauma mm-hmm. that is being kind of linearly passed on from mother to daughter because mm-hmm. obviously what you grow up with you're going to reflect back and so yeah I definitely think her mother would have been disapproving about what yeah. she was wearing she would have humiliated her mm-hmm. embarrassed her made her feel even worse mm-hmm. which is terrible because that's not what a mother should be doing for their children Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah 100% and I think her mom I actually again in my notes I put she's a product of her time mm-hmm. right and this idea so what um last episode I did um was on hairspray with Sarah Miles um also contributor to Girls <laughs> Magazine and I spoke in that one about how the people who are enforcing Tracy um I guess like Tracy's negative body type yeah. and like bringing her down are the women in the film Mm. and again like it really is I mean 
I'm not in a place to talk about men's relationship with food or body because mm-hmm. um, obviously that that is absolutely a thing and I'd, I, I would love to have a guest talk about that with me so if anyone's listening hit me up but what I can talk about because we've got we've got experience on it is is from a, a woman's perspective and definitely growing up in a house <laughs> where you know you're watched like a hawk mm. um, of what you're eating even though you don't really have much control over what you're eating because you're just eating what your parents are giving you I was compared a lot to my younger sibling who mm. was a lot thinner than I was and it was always this kind of like well why is she thin and you're not thin and all that and I'm yeah. like oh, I don't know I don't <laughs> I don't know I don't understand I don't understand <laughs> how bodies work and genetics work I'm 11 and I think when Sarah has that big break at the pool when she when her mom is like trying to get her to tell her um the police the Guardia Civil oh they were she was at the pool she comes to the pool she doesn't think I know she knows something she knows something and then finally Sarah breaks and she screams they call me piggy and you do nothing Mm. and Sarah's mom is shocked at this outburst probably one of the first outbursts Sarah's ever had in her life so it's you know 15 16 years of this has been banging and the, the pressure of the day because this is over one day mm. <laughs> everything happens has really got to her she's finally broke the, I think Sarah's mom uh, whisks her away and she says oh you think I do nothing well you know I'll show you yeah. type thing and her solution is to start feeding Sarah salads mm. and uh, that that was triggering <laughs> mm-hmm. I was like no not the rabbit food <laughs> and again it's like you say it's that idea of like that was that specifically that generation and you know we still we're still see, feeling it in our generation um but I do think we're we're growing out of it we're a lot more mindful of it now but like you say of the of the Atkins diet yeah um we guess we have intermittent fasting now in keto but you know back mm-hmm. then it was very much like the the beetroot diet when not you eat like 12 beetroots a day and yeah or like the slim fast shakes that was a big oh, thing in the 90s God. yeah exactly 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 yeah. and I, i've done it all you know <laughs> i've done it all what's interesting about the family claudia's mother comes in and asking sarah for I- anything you know do you know where Clau is uh uh, you know I know you don't speak anymore but you might know something I guess she's probably going around all the children in the village trying to figure out where her daughter is Sarah's mom kicks her out and then she says to Sarah's dad um you just sat there you didn't defend your daughter hmm. and I was like that is called projection Sarah's mom <laughs> <laughs> because you ain't defending you're not defending Sarah and that is actually really like a massive part of the film right it's like no one defends Sarah no yeah. one and I even like her dad but he's just so placid and passive that yeah. he's not really defending his daughter either and the only one who does defend her is the murderer <laughs> he's the only one yeah I mean the first bit of kindness that she gets or that we see her get is the towel so when mm. she first sees that like Clow and, and the other girls have been taken in this van by this random man she pees herself because she's terrified and he drops her a towel so he can co- so she can cover herself up is the i guess like the main point is like he's fat so he can maybe like relate to her in some way and that's why he like takes pity on her right he gives her a mm. towel to help herself cover up um but what like the chemistry between Sarah and the man like what what are your thoughts on that do you think it's too much do you think did you want it to go further um, no, for me, it kind of reflected how 
because Sarah has no support system at home because she's bullied by everyone basically that she comes into contact with in her village Mm -hmm. in her family house Mm -hmm. she has zero support structure she's completely on her own she's isolated for me Piggy was a good portrayal of how easy it is for someone who comes from that to fall into abusive relationships toxic situations dangerous situations and come to rely on things that although initially they look good for us they're actually possibly the worst thing you could go you know you Mm. could possibly get involved with and so when she was having this kind of weird connection with this guy and this kind of um not a relationship but kind of chemistry almost Mm -hmm. I could really see it as like the beginning of obviously not to the same extent because I'm sure not everyone falls in love with mass murderers or whatever but it really (laughs) represented like how easy it is to go from one abusive relationship with your family to another abusive relationship in a romantic sense Mm -hmm. and so I was like no girl get out of there as fast (laughs) as you can god i mean you're so right and and it is this idea because i guess if you've been brought up in a toxic environment your idea of normal is very warped Mm. so you're right like then she's gone from like this no no support structure to then having yes a support structure in this in this murdering man is such a red flag (laughs) (laughs) i mean the biggest red flag if there ever was a big red flag i know I know, but then I just, I also like really, really appreciate like almost like her desperation yeah. for it. Because again, <laughs> I can't help but relate to like this idea of, because, you know, the, there's a moment where she, I, I guess for her, it dawns on her how he's doing this for her when she goes to get her phone in amongst this, I don't know, derelict site, right? And um, they have this weird, like, emotional tryst where he's, like, really breathing quite heavily, like, at her. <laughs> oh, that creeped and- me out. I'm like, stop breathing <laughs> at me, man. Breathing at her. And I was like, yeah, okay, cool. Um, And then she she scarpers off, gets um, back to her, and she has a wank. And again, like, it, it's specifically about, you know, she's wanking to the porn, but then we you mm. know, hear, hear him say Sarah, like, under his breath <laughs> at her as she's reminiscing. And I'm like, okay like you do you girl but like we can't this can't be a thing we can't go into this but at the same time I was like I get it because if yeah. she's so she is so starved for oh, there's a pun there um starved <laughs> for like attention and like that human connection and I bet like I mean I again you know fancied a lot of boys at school and knew they would never look at me mm-hmm. because I was bigger and I think I really you know used to have like you know full-blown like daydreams in my head where I'd be like oh but this one he, he he'll be you know happy to take the I don't know like criticism for like fancying a girl who looks like me you know mm-hmm. and I, I would be worth it all that kind of like schmaltzy stuff I used to just fantasize about Mm. and i think that's what sarah is doing here she's like oh this guy is willing to risk it all literally by murdering teenage girls (laughs) (laughs) they're willing to risk it all because he thinks she's worth it and as much as i never went that extreme with my daydreams i (laughs) well 
actually who knows i can't remember <laughs> it's 15 years ago <laughs> maybe that's what i was into but yeah i think that really struck me as as mm. true like as true like i felt that, that was such a true thing that i think any girl or young woman who does it who's not only fat but maybe doesn't even fit the beauty standard whatever that might be right and I, yeah, I, I love that scene as much yep. as it's as much as it's, it's creepy and weird. I'm like, I love it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think there is an argument. I'm going to go down like potential film theory, um, that mm-hmm. the 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 man doesn't exist. You know, kind of like um, high tension. Yes, yes, yes. Thank yeah. you so much. Yeah, I got exactly the same vibe from yeah. it. Yeah, I thought that's what it was going to be. Yeah. Oh, that's so interesting. So yeah. I didn't catch it on my first watch, but on the second watch, I was like, oh, m- like because he is almost like he is, he is if she gave into every desire, right? Yeah. And like it's such an extreme point of view. I was like, oh, hold on, are we going to have like a switchblade romance type of thing? Mm. Did you have any like further thoughts on that? It could be, couldn't it? Like it, it's. It has a certain level of ambiguity. Um, I think until we reach the point towards the end where she comes across the the two bullies, uh, R- Rocky and Claudia, um, yeah. and they're like, you know, he's coming back, he's coming back, get us down, mm-hmm. get us down. So I don't think that was the intention. However, I definitely think it can be read as the unknown the the unknown guy is definitely a reflection of all her inner desires and how she would Mm -hmm. like to manifest her anger and Mm -hmm. her desperation and you know everything else um but yeah I don't I don't think that was the intention of the filmmakers Mm -hmm. um yeah but I definitely definitely gave off those strong vibes yeah even like the fact that it's a van and I was like Oh yeah, like that that literally happens in high tension. Yeah, I think I think you're right. I think it's not it isn't that. It isn't that twist. Yeah. But it's I guess it's it's such a moral tale that this person has to represent, like you say, all of that anger and everything she's ever probably ever wanted to express. Mm. You know, the fact that he like strikes her mum. Yeah. Um, I I can imagine she really wanted to do the same. And in, in, interestingly, actually, on that point, in that scene, he's stopping the mum from striking her. Mm. And you mentioned something really interesting, which is like you, you think there's a, a bit of self or bit or a lot of self-loathing, loathing mm-hmm. happening there with the mum. The way she talks to Sarah, I just found really upsetting. Mm. Um, almost like patronizing, condescending but still feeling some kind of responsibility. So like behind closed doors, she's an arsehole for lack of a better term. But then when she's in the village or when they go to the police and they interrogate Sarah a bit, Mm. she's, she's trying to advocate for her child. And she says something interesting, which is like, I may be dumb, but I know we need a lawyer present during this. Mm. And I was like, Oh, that's like a real, bit of self-reflection like you don't think you're intelligent enough to get out of this situation and you know appropriately advocate for your daughter really not impressed by the police and to be fair i think the police are shit like they're not good <laughs> <laughs> like i'm like you're interrogating this 16 year old child this is not <laughs> this is not smart <laughs> um but yeah i think like she's she's 
really um and i think this is what with a lot of parents when they have fat children especially is how it reflects on them as parents Mm -hmm. and i think sarah's mom is so hyper aware of how is she how does sarah represent her as a mother and i think when she's in indoors she's like letting her have it like i'm looking for some notes but like you know she says something like why don't you tell me anything it's because Mm. like like you're the most closed off woman anything anything she would have to say you'd bite your head off for anyway so why would she come forth with anything she's like oh you know i don't i don't defend you well here's me defending you and she says she goes the 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 town the people in this town are full of spite but you are fat so you need to lose weight so it's just like oh you agree that people the people are being horrible but you kind of agree of why they're being horrible like that no (laughs) you can't have it both ways (laughs) yeah she's quite i find her quite performative that Mm, like you said behind closed doors she's horrible to sarah but -hmm. while she's out in public she's trying to be like you know the fierce mama bear and you know try and kind of perform in front of everybody like you know look at what a great mother I am by beating the crap out of this other woman yes Um, and it's just it's all very performative and even when she says to the police officers I know we need a lawyer here whatever the other police officer goes oh my god you know Hollywood films Mm -hmm. god's sake and it is it's almost like she's acting like she's seen it on television so this is what she needs to say and yeah I mean I just find her very victim blamey and Mm -hmm. You know, instead of helping your daughter the right way, you're going to force her to conform to what society thinks she should be rather Mm -hmm. than trying to help her. You're Mm -hmm. helping society view her easier in quotation marks mm-hmm. um yeah yeah and that grosses me out <laughs> no, no totally but i actually you touched on something there which i think like all fat phobia is victim blaming mm. because it comes from this place of it's a choice yeah it's a choice to be fat it's a choice to eat that it's a choice to not go to the gym and i've said it on this podcast and i'll say a hundred times more being fat is because of a realm of different reasons it's not you know i get i get for years and i'm like you know decades we have been told it's because we're eating too much of this and we're eating too much of that or it's calories in calories out like there are so much research out there that shows that that is not the case for Mm -hmm. everybody is different and how we metabolize different foods is so different so like what might be completely fine for me to eat and I metabolize in a quote-unquote normal way you might you might really struggle to metabolize that because you might have an intolerance and that might cause xyz we're all different and I think the idea of fat fat phobia or fat shaming comes from this place of like but you you caused this Mm. so for example the bullies you know they they could argue well if she wasn't if she didn't you know eat those um they looked gross these little cakes that she kept eating i was like oh sarah i mean you do you but that that that's not for me (laughs) (laughs) they look just really like um I don't know, like fake, I guess. I mean, I know yeah. they're cakes, but you know what I mean? They're a little bit, uh. um, <laughs> yeah, they, you know, they could be like, well, if she stopped eating them cakes, then we wouldn't have to bully her, you know, like almost like, and same, same, same with the mum. Well, if she didn't look the way she did, then I wouldn't have to keep defending her. And it's this constant blame at Sarah. And again, as someone who has been fat all their lives, I get that, that, that idea that it's completely my fault. And if yeah. I, 
try and advocate for myself in any way, then I'm almost opening that door to criticism. And that criticism will be the most fat phobic shit you'll hear. Mm. And I just think it's so interesting why I'm optimistic that things might change because, you know, uh, this this way of thinking is becoming a lot more mainstream than it has been years previous. But I can't think of any other, maybe I'm so wrong because I'm warped to my own like own little world, but I can't think of any other characteristic, for lack of a better term, where like they go, it's your fault that we're treating you this way. Um, I, I definitely go for like, obviously it's not as, but definitely when it comes to like, transphobia um Mm, homophobia like i definitely think that it's somewhat in the same vein um that's really good point because i'm coming from a really privileged place where mm. i'm going well everyone knows that's not a choice but no you're right people do think it's choices (laughs) yes completely right yes but it's very Um, similar right yeah and i definitely for me personally it's very alien that Mm. people can be fat phobic and transphobic and homophobic to something that doesn't affect them if somebody yes. even if someone was fat because they ate a shitload of food or didn't go to the gym so what i know like how does that affect any other person yeah. like someone being trans or having a different gender or sexuality to me doesn't affect who i am mm-hmm. so why should like the same way why should someone else's size affect me it doesn't mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so I, I can I cannot understand I cannot fathom how people become so vitriolic towards mm-hmm. personalities or um, characteristics of people mm. that have nothing to do with them. It's so mm-hmm. it's so, and I really think that this film is really good at highlighting that. Like, why does mm-hmm. Sarah's size bother these people so much? So much. I I, I mentioned this at the hairspray episode, especially I can't speak. For ev- for everything you've just said, so the, for the transphobia, the homophobia, mm. or or any other kind of phobia, but I think for fat phobia, it's because people are really insecure, mm. and I think there is a a comfort in identifying that oh. Um, well, at least I fit the beauty standard of being a size eight, size ten, mm. right? So there's comfort in that, but it's fragile. Yeah, And so if you start to see someone who doesn't fit that beauty standard, doesn't fit uh, the BMI scale, which is trash and we hate it, but, yeah. you know, it's what we use, Um, you know, doesn't doesn't adhere to it. You know, it's fine if their classes will be on the BMI scale. Spent your life believing that. And all of a sudden you're confronted with people who don't also believe that same thing. You think it's a judgment on yourself, so you defend it tooth and nail. And I, I, mm. I think that with the transphobia argument, I think people are really fragile in who they are as people, that one of the labels they can put on themselves is woman, for example. Mm. And all of a sudden, if you start opening that label up so anyone can call themselves a woman, it somehow takes away from you that you're also a woman. Yeah. And I'm like, no. <laughs> like, it doesn't That's work not that how way. it works. No. It's not a pie. Like, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Like, we know we can all be called it. Like, that's cool. I, I, I've had that question thrown at me so many times. I'm like, but I'm really confident in my own womanhood. <laughs> I am not threatened if someone else who has nothing to do with me also calls themselves a woman. So, yeah. So, I think fat phobia is just bizarre. I mean, I guess phobias of every type is just bizarre. But, 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 but. Right. There's a point in the film where... um. I was like, 
are they going to blame um, are they going to blame Sarah for all this? And they're kind of leading up to it, right? So the police are really, well, I say the police, that one young police officer has got his eye <laughs> on her. Um, Pedro, the the mm. boyfriend with the with the cast in his arm, he starts depending on Sarah. And I was like, oh God, they're not going to go down the route of like, it's all Sarah to blame and they're going to blame bullying for it. Mm. And I was like, what, what, what would your thoughts have been if they were like, oh, she just snapped and she just killed them all because they bullied her? Would, would that... Would that not have been satisfying for you? Um, I definitely think even if they had gone that route, it would have been very in line with the film with this whole victim blaming thing. Yeah. That, you know, Sarah is a victim in this, even if the guy is doing it because of her, she Mm. is still a victim. She's Mm -hmm. still being manipulated by him. She has still been the victim of an assault and, you know, people trying to kill her basically um so it definitely would have been lying with the whole victim blaming thing but I'm glad they didn't and I'm glad they gave her a heroic arc yes but I'm so happy of the it wasn't like she's a hero and now you know everything's fine and we're all gonna get on like the Brady Bunch I really loved the ending where fucking Roki goes calls her piggy while she is saving her calls her piggy no and you sarah pulls up the shotgun and you think well she shot her and i was Mm. just like oh well she deserved it (laughs) she fucking deserved it Mm -hmm. but it turns out that no she just shot the rope and Mm -hmm. allowed the two girls but the fact that they don't all walk off into the sunset or you know wait for the police she walks off and she's Mm -hmm. like you can fucking go your own way now you can save yourselves you know Mm -hmm. I'm going this way and I'm going to ride off into the sunset on the back of your boyfriend's moped. Um, And I just, I really like that it wasn't so much a performative heroic ending. It was her own heroic ending where she could settle her morality and she can say to herself, I've done the right thing, but I'm going to continue doing the right thing for for me from now on. Yes. A hundred percent. I love the ending Um, to a certain point. I, I do question how cathartic it truly is in the end. Um, there, I find a lot of the film cathartic, but that the way Clow is screaming at yeah. Sarah during that film, I was like, oh my god, I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna do something. I'm gonna regret here. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> if I was, if I was Sarah, I definitely would have walked out at that point and been like, drop, oh, drop the, you know, drop the mic, walk off. Yeah, all, yeah. I was just like, oh, f- shut the fuck up. And then you know she says something like you didn't you didn't tell anyone you didn't tell anyone. I was like yeah but you almost killed her like yeah. you literally filmed is it Massey uh the other the other one who's already dead so that you know the three main girls is Massey Rossi yeah. and Clow and so Clow and Rossi are still alive by the end and in a slaughterhouse I was like yeah. oh we're in the slaughterhouse yeah. that's strung up like pigs I was like I see you imagery I get it um and I was like. The screaming, you know, she she ungags them to begin with, and Clara says, "Um, untie me, untie me!" Screaming, you didn't tell anyone. Where are the police? You didn't tell anyone. Yeah. And Sarah goes, "I can't do anything right," <laughs> and I was like, "Sarah, no, this is so much for you to have to deal with right now. You're okay. I just want to hold her and be like, it's okay. <laughs> like it would have been, every anyone would have struggled with that. Mm-hmm. And as she's getting them down." The man comes back and well, it's interesting because um Clara is still going, Sarah, help, Sarah, help. 
I think she even calls Sarah an idiot at some point. And yeah. Like, mm. um, but Rossi tells um, Sarah to run. It's like, run, Sarah, run. And she goes running. And that's when she finds the other dead girl, who was the meanest one. Yeah. Right. So, like, the film went, there's no redemption arc for yeah. the mean one. <laughs> she's gone. <laughs> she's, she's dead. dead. She's dead. It's fine. The other two are a bit more ambiguous, but they're still awful. Awful people. Yeah. Awful people. <laughs> And so, yeah, and then the man comes back and you're like, oh, what's going to happen? Oh, because, oh, one of my favourite moments as the man has kind of rescued Sarah, as it were, from her tower. If she was Mm. like the princess and she's like, you know, struck her evil mother and she's taken her in the van and he's almost ran over those nasty boys from before. They crash into the bull, which is like this weird side story that's happening (laughs) in the background. Yeah, It's been a bull run and the bull's gone missing, and not gone missing, (laughs) got out and the police are trying to track it. But anyway, the van runs into the bull, they crash and he carries her into Mm. the slaughterhouse as we discover. It's very romantic. It's very, (laughs) um, (laughs) it's very um, an officer and a gentleman. Yeah. And again, I was like, when I was younger, oh my God, I would love to have been picked up like a princess. Right, yeah. And I was like, and here he is, picking, carrying Sarah, like a, like the princess she is, to me anyway, princess of my heart, Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> People's princess. <laughs> <laughs> and he like t- tends to her wounds. Yeah. So we really see this like caring, like it's, it's abundantly clear, like he really cares for Sarah. And so when she's running away, I was a bit like, oh, why are you running away? I think you're cool. I think you might be cool here. And and I'm cool like this. Like, I mean, how <laughs> cool can you be in the slaughterhouse <laughs> with this murdering man? But you know what I mean? Like he's not, he's, she is not his target. Yeah. And, and then when he finally gets her, he um, gives her the knife to stab Rossi and I was like hmm here's here's your moral moment uh, your morality moments I'm like yeah uh I think uh, I'd have understood I'd have understood right yeah and and she takes that as our chance to like stab them or like at least attack him and he mm-hmm. overpowers her he's a very big man right he's very he's very tall he's obviously older than her mm-hmm. by quite some way actually probably you know we're talking about um, abusive relations a lot of grooming is going on yeah. in this film <laughs> <laughs> and and yeah and he's also got like a, a big belly on him but easily overpowers sarah and they have this fight and mm-hmm. She is like growling. It's like this real guttural, like almost like psyching herself up. And I thought she sounds like a wild animal. She yeah. sounds like a boar, like yeah. a pig. Like she has been told her obviously like her entire life in this entire film. We've heard her be called piggy, piggy, piggy. And here she is emulating this pig and she attacks him and she bites his jugular, rips out yeah. his neck. And I was like, oh, and it's her mouth. It's her mouth, this thing that has been, quote unquote, the thing that has held her back or yeah. has, has caused all this ridicule. You know, she had, um, and I, I'm saying things I don't believe, but in the in the film, they yeah. believe if she kept her mouth shut, then she wouldn't be piggy, right? Yeah. But now she's using this mouth to defend herself, to kind of like fight back and and you said that at the end, you know, she walks out and like she walks to her freedom. She mm. walks with such like almost like resolution. Yeah. And but then as she's killed the man and he's bled out. Oh, 
and oh and the, the gun goes off during the scuffle yeah. and Klaus Klaus arm yeah oh my god so good I was like yes <laughs> I was like that's my catharsis I was like yes yeah. Klaus and the bracelet falls I was like oh so dramatic I loved it <laughs> it looked it looked good it looked yeah. real real good gore there yeah so then she kills she kills the man and she starts crying yeah I I was very close to tears because for me it's not just it's not just that she's crying out of sadness it's it's this this is the first man first person remove gender first person that showed her kindness and defended her and she has killed him yeah and then you've got rossi in the back calling her piggy for the billionth time this film I know, right? You're like, read the room. <laughs> I literally gasped in the cinema when I heard it. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, and then she shoots her and I was like, no, completely fair. Completely fair. Yeah. Like, you don't get saved and then call your saviour the thing you've been bullying her for however many years it's been. But then we find out, no, she didn't. She just shot her down off the hook. Yeah. And everything's cool. Same with Klaus. She shoots her down off the hook and she walks off. And she's covered in blood. Covered in it. And she looks cool. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely that final girl moment, isn't it? That, it is like, her. Yes. Yeah. That we're so I, used to seeing from slashers that, you know, yeah. the final girl walks out and she's reborn in a bath of blood. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like her baptism that mm-hmm. she's emerging from this body of blood mm-hmm. and is now a changed woman mm-hmm. um, and that is definitely Sarah's moment mm-hmm. yeah she she did the right thing mm-hmm. from a place of legality I guess I, I guess <laughs> morally I think, you know what I think that if she thought she could get away with it she definitely would have been like you know what if there wasn't like a big gang of police and you know all these like mm. whalers kind of in the village <laughs> after her I definitely think she would have been like you know what fuck it let's go <laughs> yeah like i think how could you not yeah <laughs> and i think i think i think any other film would have let that happen i do yeah. because but i think that oh that's why i'm like really struggling with the catharsis at the end because i'm like oh they still they still... but then again would you have wanted to see her become that i don't like know. monstrous fat femme because oh, like yeah, so point. i've I've been re-watching Criminal Minds recently. And Ooh, it's, okay. It's my favorite TV show. Mm-hmm. But I'm noticing that like 90% of the female criminals, the female murderers, are fat women. Like of when they're women, they're fat. Oh, and so what? I'm yeah. And I didn't notice before, but I'm watching it back now. And the 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 killers who are women, like in the show, 90% of them are fat. And it's just like creating that monstrous fat woman Mm. and I think I think it would have been even though we can see how easy it would have been and we would not have blamed Sarah for doing so I -hmm. think if they'd gone down that route we would have seen another monstrous fat woman that is not conducive to an anti-fat phobic film (laughs) oh you're so right you're so right my my um my passion for revenge has blinded me. <laughs> I don't <laughs> against, blame you. I don't blame you. Against the fight that I'm literally doing with this yeah. podcast. No, I just think you're totally right. And I think that is so 
interesting because if you compare Sarah to um to to the girls, right? She is um I thought it was really interesting. We get we get two scenes that parallel each other, right? We get the Clow is seeing Pedro and the guy with the moped and there's a shot where she's like on the back of his moped and her hair is in the wind and she's blonde she's got she's got like thin blonde hair and i mean like thin as in like volume it's like mm. a little blonde bob compared to sarah's very dense dark curly hair yeah. and again as someone who has very natural hair just like that i was like i mean is this feel about me <laughs> excuse me um and so, like, Clow is the stereotypical beauty standard. You know, mm. she's this cute, blonde, thin girl. So we see her have that scene. And at the very end, when Sarah has walked out covered in blood, like you say, she had her baptism of fire. She has become reborn into this young woman who maybe, I hope, is a lot more sure of herself. Mm. And... Uh, Pe- uh, Pedro uh, stops and it, um, there's again a little bit of a you know a C plot going on when he comes from like an abusive household and he stops and he's obviously like trying to run away from home he's got like a bag and he's got a, um, mm. a black eye and he stops and he's like Sarah are you okay and she just says help yeah. and he goes yeah yeah we'll take you into the village get on and so she gets on the back of his of his bike and she as he's like driving in, in the Spanish countryside she like puts her arms out she just feels the breeze like mm. rush over her and again i was like yes sarah get your fucking cool girl on the back <laughs> of some cute boys motorbike moment you deserve it i fully support this moment i just think that was really telling that was the film going okay you know cloud got it sarah's getting it too sarah's yeah. just as quote unquote worthy yeah do have that I'm not saying it's romantic, but it's cool. It's yeah. cool, right? And fat girls can't be cool, but Sarah's cool in this moment. <laughs> and I think go back to what you were saying about the the uh, fat femme villain. Oh, like I I totally hear you because more often than not, cause I I can't I my my brain just went straight to Kathy Bates and misery. When uh, yeah, that, yeah, right. And I'm like, mm, mm. the fact that they really again i really i really apologize if this is not not great word to use but like the uglier up you know they yeah. purposely don't put any makeup on her they give her really drab hair they give her a really drab dress and blah 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 and i'm like okay we get it she's not meant to be like someone that james can finds hot okay like like i get it like, i just i think like that they do do that to a certain extent with sarah you know mm. she there's i guess you can make an argument that she may not have access to any of the like cool girl clothes because of her size or you know she might not have access to like a cool hairdressers maybe because of money because again it's not it's not explicitly said but it it, it's implied that her her family aren't doing the best financially so then you're going okay well she doesn't have as much privilege as the Mm. other girls to like make herself look cool but yeah it it really plays into the idea of like um hmm Again, again, I'm sorry if this is like the wrong word to use, but like plain, like yeah. uh, you no know, plain, plain fat girl, not a lot yeah. going on. Yeah. And there's that moment where she's um talking to Pedro about what happened, and she oh she calls him out about the bullying, going like you 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 participate, you know you might be yeah. passive but you participate, and they're getting high, and she's have you know she's the first time we hear her laugh. Yeah. 
and she's like you know i guess high laughs but it's laughing mm-hmm. and um you know they're both laughing together and these boys walk by and they go you know hola pedro and he just goes stony because he yeah. realizes he's been seen with her yeah and you're like fuck's sake pedro just just she's a human being you know yeah. you're allowed to socialize with her you know she's not she's just seen as such a pariah mm. and i just hope like i wonder i always think with these films i i did a piece for ghouls magazine on on um the blood-soaked woman and i mentioned ready or not the descent and carrie mm. and um all three of those women get covered in blood at some point and it, it really is to signify becoming who they are but Mm -hmm. i I find at the end of those films um they could be in a lot of trouble right especially i think with ready or not like are the police are never going to (laughs) believe that a a curse just killed her whole family um and i wonder like when when she gets back to the village you know is does sarah get away with it like not and not that she needs to get away with it but do you think any blame could potentially fall fall to her possibly but I don't think so. Well, mm-hmm. I'd like to think no, but then again, mm-hmm. they live, we live, they live in a fat phobic victim blaming society. So exactly. probably, um, but I'd hope not. Mm-hmm. I'd hope they'd kind of see her as the heroic, you know, she found those girls. Mm-hmm. She killed the guy and set them free. Mm-hmm. Granted, she didn't hang around for the police, but like maybe they didn't have any mobile phones. So she had to go off and. Yeah, you know. definitely. I I think her leaving is the right thing to do. Like, like even like tactically like strategically yeah. because the police weren't on to on to him they like yeah. this random manager seems to be floating around their village um so yeah he she did need to go get help and she obviously was getting help by going to the village i guess do clow and rossi learn their lesson you'd hope so i mean mm. what with you know a dismembered arm and a lifetime of trauma counseling you'd hope so but I think with Rossi's reaction to uh, Sarah yeah. helping her, there's very little possibility of redemption. I'm thinking. Yeah, I think I think that's my thing. I was like, could they go back and be like, well, she knew the whole time, you know, yeah. um, or uh, I don't know. Rossi could say, you know, I can imagine Rossi going back there like, oh she reacted really weirdly when she finally killed the murderer you know I, I i just worry like i mean i i know it's just a film and they're not real people and i don't have to worry that much but <laughs> i was just like struck with okay but how does this actually end like is yeah. sarah okay um you know she's okay now as the film ends but like mm, i don't know i just i guess the whole point or what i no, not the whole point what, what i took away from that bit where rossi goes um you know what the hell piggy or something like that i'm like oh you know what fat people can move the world and it will never be enough for some people Mm -hmm. you know we have some incredibly talented intelligent fit athletic enter you know positive characteristic here for you know fat people because you know we're a multifaceted human beings and they still get shit on them just because they're fat and that that for me was that moment i was like oh yeah you could just you could do everything right but because your body doesn't fit quote unquote um you're still going to get ridiculed for it and she still calls her piggy and i'm like fuck's sake rossi like you've not learned anything um and and i just wonder whether like <laughs> whether they get it 
No, I don't think they do. <laughs> no. Okay. Right. Um, okay. I've kind of come to the end of my notes. Did you have anything else you wanted to raise about Piggy? No, I think we've covered, we, we've pretty much exhaustive yes. expanse of this. Um, no, I think we've covered everything I wanted to say about it. So Perfect. Well, that's good because that works out really well. And so <laughs> what we do at the end of each episode is we rate our films or TV uh, based on how well we think they represent fat bodies or body diversity as a whole. Um, and we rate it out of ourselves. So right. out of five e-grains, what <laughs> would you rate Piggy? I would rate Piggy. I'd rate four e-grains mm-hmm. and an upper torso. <laughs> okay i love that we've not had that before dismembered rating (laughs) of course of course with it being me (laughs) there has to be a certain type of dismemberment in there yeah yeah do you want to expand on on why four and a half i think it's pretty much perfect Mm -hmm. i do you know i think it's a perfect embodiment of how fat bodies exist within the world Mm -hmm. I just wish that may I don't know half of me is like the lower half of me is like <laughs> that's so good I'm glad that they didn't expand too much on the guy but at the same time I think bringing in a male perspective of mm-hmm. being in a fat body would have been interesting as well mm-hmm. um but that's just me being like yes. I don't like ambiguity all that much I want things explained um mm-hmm. so that's why I'm only given half a torso for the end mm-hmm. because I just I think I just wish there's a tiny little bit more explanation not too much yeah just just a tiny little bit more yeah totally I I, I view him as what Sarah could become which yeah. is clearly this very um angry at the world um because i i'm sure again like you say that we don't actually know but i'm sure he's experienced a lot of fat phobia himself and he's probably and that's why i think you know he hears what's happening to sarah and feels he has to take take action to defend her because you know he wants to protect her from this fat phobic world but we don't know we have to um you know make those assumptions based on who he is and based on his actions and because actually when we first meet him he meet he kills the lifeguard and the waitress and they weren't fat phobic to him so he just killed them for fun so actually i could be talking shit who knows we don't know (laughs) (laughs) but i i think i'm gonna give it five hannahs i absolutely just adore this film it it really speaks to me i am emotionally drained by it in in the best Mm. possible way in the best possible way and i think it's heartbreaking and and unfortunately um going back um touching on the fright fest controversy drama tea i don't know what you want to call it but the question that was asked and also my own experience of being in the cinema so I was sat next to a couple and, you know, didn't hear a peep of them at all um, mm-hmm. until um, the scene where he carries Sarah into the slaughterhouse and they laughed. Mm. I really was like struck by that because I was like, oh, why do you find that funny? Yeah. <laughs> because like, unfortunately, like, I think it's because you think the whole notion yeah. of this bigger girl being carried in a romantic and I keep saying princess style, and I yeah. hope that makes sense. 
um princess style way like you find that funny because it's like mm-hmm. almost like unbelievable to you yeah and i think like you need to look inside yourself and wonder whether um that's appropriate mm. because it's not <laughs> I, i'll tell you it's not but i mean who, who am i to tell you like you know you need to work that one out yourself so yeah i think from a point of view of like it, it raised a lot of interesting nuances about being fat especially being a young fat girl yeah. in a small village where fat phobia is rampant i think it's uh, yeah it's great it's a five out of five hannah's i love it just a cheeky little plug from me um i wrote an article on this um film for ghouls magazine it's called from one fat girl to another thank you piggy to be fair it talks a lot about what we've already spoken about Mm -hmm. but it's in the format of the written word so um i'll put a link in that in the show notes um, so thank you so much, Igraine, for like coming on and talking about all things Piggy. Um, is there anything you would like to plug or where can the lovely listeners find more of your work? Um, well, you can listen to my podcast, uh, which is What a Scream, which is a horror movie podcast um, where we talk about a random topic and discuss two films that kind of have to do with that topic. So recently I did an episode with Zoe, editor of Girls, and we talked about cannibalism and <laughs> what the best way to cook a human foot is. Yeah. <laughs> that's how weird we got. Um, nice. I know, right? And then you can find me on Twitter at what underscore scream or on Instagram at what a scream. And there you'll be able to find my writings for moving pictures or ghouls. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Thank you so much, Green. And the lovely listeners can find the podcast at Fats on Film on Twitter and Instagram, and myself at Queen B Says on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us, and we'll see you in the next episode. And stay fat. <laughs>